0: response for <laughs>
1: What is going on, you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag. And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us here on this beautiful Wednesday Eve. Um, I don't know if I've ever not said that it's a beautiful day. And there's definitely been a lot of not beautiful days that I've done this podcast. So you'll just have to take my word for it. Anyways, today, episode 139, and it's, it's a rare, fully dedicated to NFL episode. Uh, you know those are few and far between here because we like our basketball and our wrestling here. Um, but be that as it may, because we are talking all football, you know that I had to get some friends on here to help me uh, who know more than I do. So, joining us once again, friend of the show, is Brandon O'Neill.
2: Claps, 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 claps.
1: If I had a better setup, yes. I'd have like a, a soundboard ready to go with standing Dude, ovation. so
2: far so far as i could tell that was that was a standing ovation thank you so much for having me back on anytime it's a full nfl episode you know i am pushing people over to get get my voice on it yeah so thanks for having me back
1: it's it's a pleasure and i should note we were also supposed to be joined by another friend of the show stats mcglotz um but unfortunately hunter is uh feeling under the weather today so he was unable to join us but uh he wants we'll to get back. We'll have, on have the to
2: show. fill in. We'll have to fill in the stats. Yeah, some you, you
1: got to be quick on your on your research over there, so you can get some. I know, but you got to get these like you got to get the random stats that most people aren't going to be thinking of. <laughs>
2: uh I'm trying, man. I'm I, I'm doing my best stats impersonation over here, but that's... I think it's gonna be it's gonna be inferior.
1: It's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um so we got a couple of topics to cover here today. Um the NFL just decided that this week uh was they were tired of not being in the news, I guess. Uh they had the Super Bowl. They took like I guess a month off and now they're back at it. Um so I guess before we even hop into the news, I do need to get quick thoughts on the record from a tried and true dedicated rams fan oh baby finally getting to see their rammies get a super bowl ring well i shouldn't say finally like it's never happened but you know long over it was a
2: it was a full circle moment for me i didn't know if the episode would be video today so i threw on my st louis rams t-shirt <laughs> for the sports talk with swag appearance and i get a chance to put that out into the audio ether as well which i'm pleased about
1: that's right it
2: it it was really a nice full circle moment. Uh, the thing that made me a Rams fan, everyone kind of has their... If, it, if it's not a geographical connection, then some other storyline connection. And for me, as an impressionable eight or seven-year-old, <laughs> it was seeing a team make it the entire way to victory. And for whatever reason, I have stuck with them through the Jeff Fisher. Through the man, the only good person on this team is Steven Jackson era. Oh yeah. Through the, oh man, the only good person on this team is Johnny Hecker era. And uh, it was really nice to see um, a big splashy trade completely change the approach of free agency in the NFL forever. Um, and it worked with a big payoff. It come, that, come to fruition that way from a big payoff for my team. So, yeah,
1: yeah. For happy sure.
2: to be a part of the changing landscape of the NFL so long as it results in Super Bowl victories.
1: Sure, sure, of course. And I think that big trade golf for Stafford was another kind of recent uh uh example of why those big trades, even if they end up being short-lived, I mean, at this point that trade is not short-lived yet. But even if they do end up short-lived, they can be worth it because they accomplish their goals in getting you a championship, which obviously the most recent one for me that comes to mind is Kawhi Leonard going to the Raptors. And Mm -hmm. the Raptors got obliterated online and by a lot of basketball fans for, this is just a one-year rental. Is it worth it? And I think if you ask any Raptors fan, uh, Stats, McGlaths, Hunter included um they say it absolutely was worth it cuz they finally got their first NBA championship out of it so
2: everything is driven by championships it's it's it, it all boils down to that and any move that any team is making is always run through that lens of how is this going to get us a championship and so anything that is splashy or out of out of focus from what's normally you know within the normal flow of of patterns of of behavior in the in terms of general management yeah is usually met with a little bit of skepticism sure. because from all of us Monday morning quarterbacks who uh, from our computers and our Twitter handles, but it's it's just one of those things where it's like, oh man, is it is this the model? I, there were some great great articles written about how uh like how the copycats might come out of the woodwork for this big. Let's let's get all the big name free agent models mm. um, or the big name free agents. Uh, but you know, that coupled with some big hits in the draft too, it's not it kind of, sure. isn't just one thing that you can turn into a replicatable, uh, model across any situation. You know, you see this again and again, where you give up a big package for someone who you think is going to take you the whole way. And and it's, there are so many more factors that I think everybody knows. There's so many more factors at play. Aaron Donald was drafted. Cooper yeah. cup was drafted. Um, for Andrew came in, yeah. Trade for Jalen Ramsey. Andrew Whitworth comes in for a trade, but that was back in 2016, and they weren't hitting in the way that they're hitting now. Um, a lot of guys, it's it's a mix of all of that, and so you'd see these big swings come. I mean, just today they announced that Carson Wentz got traded to the Commanders for <laughs> a bevy of picks. That is probably, you know, it's just that represents a whole nother conversation. But you want to give up the farm if it gives you championships, right? And so. This model is so desirable. How can we replicate this in my hometown with my team? But it's not so simple, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And speaking of that whole other conversation, that was the first, that's the first topic that I have in my notebook that I wanted to cover. Oh, let's go. Uh, I'm going in basically reverse order of how interesting it was to me. So, (laughs) this, the least interesting piece of NFL news this week. For the but but the most recent, at least. Uh, Carson Wentz, earlier today, officially traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. Real quick, the details. The Colts get a 2022 third-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, which Adam Schefter made sure to note can become a second-rounder if Wentz plays 70% of the plays, for the commanders this season, which I didn't know that that was like a factor in picks, and I think is just so weird. Um, so
2: that was that was a factor in his trade from the Eagles to the Colts
1: as well. Oh, just, yeah. So
2: I, they had they gave him a con- they were given a conditional pick that if he if he met a certain play time threshold, the second rounder or, or, or if it was a third rounder upgraded to a second or second to a first. I can't remember. I think it was a second to a first.
1: Mm, well, so. They have that one, um, and they get a 2022 second round pick, uh, and then the Commanders obviously getting Wentz, and then they, I guess, basically did a swap because they also get a 2022 second round pick. So Carson Wentz, your new starting, qu- I mean, you'd have to imagine starting quarterback. I don't know if there's going to be much, uh, competition. Hey
2: Taylor Heine, Taylor Heineke has performed above all expectations.
1: <laughs> that is true. Um. And but yes,
2: I, there is no, there is, he is, he will be the presumptive start. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I tried to get some, uh, some reaction from our, our local, uh, or our friends of the show who are Washington fans, but I couldn't get anything in time for the show, unfortunately. Um, other than a very sarcastic, we're going to the ship, baby um, (laughs) from, uh, from one Michael. So
0: they can't be trusted.
2: They can't be trusted.
1: Yeah. Um, so your initial thoughts on this trade,
2: my initial thoughts is that this, there's a dearth of a quarterback market. I mean, it's Carson Wentz, it's Jimmy Garoppolo and it's, that's it. That's it. We reached, that's the list. Yeah. And so once uh, Rogers and Wilson fell, they don't have a choice. I mean, what are you going to do? If you're if you're in that position as a, I don't envy any general manager in the league right now who needs a quarterback. Um I I am better than me and uh the franchise the, the fans of the franchises are just I think all in for either they're in for a really really rough year of uh you know, pundits building up expectations and then those expectations not being met, yep. or it'll be a really fun year of, wow, this person is having a resurgence. We have a comeback player of the year nominee. Hopefully something like that is, is the case, or we're just going to see more of the cream of the crop maintaining and what we expected from the best of the rest will come to fruition and it'll be all predictable. And all of us Monday morning quarterbacks will make our paychecks. Um but that's what it says to me more than anything about uh, about the the Commanders or Carson or the situation. I think Ron Rivera I have a ton of respect for. He's done a great job having being in the Commanders market and having been subjected to watching their lower market games yeah. and seeing them oftentimes get destroyed by higher caliber teams while there's another marquee matchup playing somewhere else that I am not allowed to watch. Right. Um, due to location
0: restrictions. Yeah.
2: Uh ever since Ron Rivera got there, they really do play different. Um, and and this I think I'd also not having a dog in the fight, I'm able to kind of see with a, a slightly more optimism than the fan, which most of the people who we're talking commanders football with sure. around here have some sort of longstanding history with the team. And so as just a casual uh commander's watcher, uh they they fight more. It's those mm. things where they go into, they go into the half down, and they come back out of the half, and they are uh, they're they're never out, and I that just never used to be neat. The-
1: yeah, yeah, I think they have. It feels like a uh, almost like a renewed like drive um it felt like they definitely were in a slump
2: I have to think that comes down to coaching
1: like I just
2: I it's it's so it kind of seems so obvious a lot of the times where having seen a bunch of games where that never happens you see a couple games where it happens a few a few weeks in a row where you know even if they don't win they come out and they make a game of it and especially Ron Rivera's first season uh they they did that a lot and they—that was, you know, Chase Young's breakout year. And yep. last year, the defense underperformed. But I think the defense overperformed a year before. So, all that to say, it, it's not to say that, that he's that. I think there's a lot of talk of, oh, you know, with ownership rightfully so, one of the worst, most derisive uh, owners in the league for absolutely. Uh, potentially the worst yeah. in the league um and and that is is rightfully so but if we're just talking football and just talking X's and O's Carson Wentz might not be in such a bad spot i mean he's thrown he's got decent receivers um he's got solid running backs and a defense again that underperformed but could get it together again for in the next season Um, these are all the thoughts that I have. I, what are, what is Washington getting in Carson Wentz? I, that I'm not so sure about.
1: Right. And that is, I think the big question mark here because Carson Wentz himself is such a question mark because obviously you can look at their Super Bowl run and you can, obviously people are going to remember Nick Foles more and the, you know, Philly special and whatnot. Um, but you know, you have to, recognize that Carson Wentz got them there in the regular season, and he did perform extremely well that whole season, really, until he ended up injuring himself. But then that seemed to kind of start this this basically domino effect, or almost not even domino effect, but just recurring thing of just like every year it felt like after that he just kept injuring himself uh, and then not performing up to those levels. And then with the Colts, just like it just felt like it just never really worked out for them um with him there but they also just are a team kind of that feels like they're in a weird spot too because they have you know they had their franchise quarterback and andrew luck right bringing it back to like 2016 i guess and then he just retires out of the blue so then they're stuck with jacoby Brissett for you know a season He, he does fine uh you know they kind of had to scramble for that and then who do they have after him because this is philip rivers well there was someone else in there they who, did i
2: it's interesting i just saw a list of their quarterbacks in the past few so this is five luck quarterbacks heads. five years yep it was andrew luck scott tolzine jacoby Brissett, philip rivers carson wentz ah so Scott Tolzien, the unsung backup to Aaron Rodgers, who
1: Jordan Lover replaced That's, yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> one I couldn't remember. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, you have to look at the Colts now, too, of just, like, where do they go from here? I mean. So
2: this is maybe, that that's a decent springboard off to a thought that maybe this says something about the Colts. Uh, if, if you watched Hard Knocks or if you just watched football on Sundays <laughs> last year. Uh, or any other sports show or radio show at any point during the year when you're having a conversation of who's the team to be, It's Indianapolis. Everyone was so high on Indianapolis. Yeah. And so what this might say is, is I don't know what they're going to do now. That's right. the question that I have. It's The answer is not Sam Ellinger because we saw a little bit of him last year, and he did okay. <laughs> but he's not. he's not an upgrade. He's not the one waiting in the wings. Right is it, it that's the question mark are they just trying to do they have something in mind are they making a spring for something that they think is a true upgrade from carson Wentz? and if because if that would make sense in the if the theory is that they are in a win now mode where they have an mvp candidate in a running back yep. they have one of, the, one of the stellar defenses of the NFL who can play with anybody, the Colts just played down to their competition last year, mm. um, which is a, a strength and a weakness, a good and a bad thing, which means that they can play with the best teams in the league. They can win now. They could make a run. And if they, maybe they thought that Carson Wentz was the weak link. And without knowing what they're going to do next, I can't quite figure out why this happened.
1: Right. And I think that's that's where I get lost with this is just like what their plan is now at quarterback because again, with everything you just mentioned, you can't imagine they're gonna go with just like we'll ride the backup this season and just kind of play it out, see how it goes. Or we'll
2: shell out a ton of money for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't is Jimmy Garoppolo an upgrade from Carson Wentz? He might be. He's a scheme quarterback who minimizes his mistakes and if you keep him upright then he can take it to the NFC Championship game, and this may be the AFC Championship game for the Colts. He's a quintessential game manager, and it might be a good landing point for him. But I don't know if, if that's not the play, then I have no idea what they're doing. Right,
1: because they didn't get any spectacular picks out of this deal. Um, I don't know what...
2: Not a lot of spectacular picks, and even if they did, what, there's nothing to do with them.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I don't think it's a peculiarly strong quarterback draft this year or class this year.
2: No, it's it's very underwhelming. No one's a presumptive starter going into next year. You have a couple guys who may make splashes in the same way that mm. you know, Russell Wilson wasn't on top of anyone's board. Dak Prescott wasn't on top of anyone's board. Yeah. Uh Mac Mac Jones was the what the fifth quarterback taken in last year's draft and right. and arguably the best performing out of all of them. So maybe there's something there, but it it doesn't seem super reliable that that's yeah, the move you right know? right right yeah
0: mm, and
2: also not anyone that you need to maneuver for to be able to it's it's very likely that you'll have one of these uh one of these prospects fall to you in, in normal placement in the draft I, right I, i'm not exact i'm just not exactly sure what what the play is it'll be interesting to see yeah I'm,
1: plays out. yeah i'm curious to see what they do in the draft and in the rest of the offseason because i'll be I'll, I'll be very curious And and more skeptical almost if they start the season with no like new quarterback on the roster. Oh man, wouldn't
2: that be wouldn't that be interesting if it really was just time to turn it over to Sam Ellinger? (laughs) It's the Sammy era.
1: I mean, time will tell. Um all right. Moving on, next next note here, next topic. Um one oh, that, before we do, I, yeah. I
2: was able to find in, in honor of staffsman Glots. Oh here we go. I was able to find from a quick research here that the uh and we have another tease for the later in the show when we talk about sports betting. Washington Super Bowl odds before adding Carson Wentz, fifty to one. After adding Carson Wentz, fifty to one.
1: Oh <laughs> let's 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 head to vegas because we got some money With to put that,
2: down. Vegas doesn't think that Taylor Heineke's versus Carson Wentz make any, move the needle at all. At
1: all. So not even forty nine to one.
2: If that doesn't tell you, I'm not sure what that. That's a narrative. Maybe that should punctuate this whole thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is that is a great way to kind of cap that off. Um, <laughs> all right. Next up, um, and and. This is one that I'm I'm very sad that Hunter isn't here, but we may dedicate a segment in a later episode so that he can hop back on once the contract deals are kind of ironed out and signed. But obviously coming straight from the horse's mouth on Twitter yesterday, I think it was or Monday. I honestly can't remember. Um Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. Um now again no contract has officially been signed, according to to Aaron. Um, but the rumored deal that was floating around the internet yesterday or this week was four years, $200 million, which would make him uh, the highest-paid NFL player of all time. Um, this one... Pretty surprising to me.
2: You know, I... I- you might color me 40% with you on that.
1: Yeah.
2: Big portion of me was, was a, uh, not a small portion of me was thinking it was, he was moving on.
1: Yeah. How here, here, here's a question. Comparatively coming into this off season, Aaron Rodgers moving on to three years ago, Tom Brady moving on.
2: Fascinating. Uh, and now, just just putting myself back there in 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 terms of how that narrative was developing at the time, that was writing on the walls. I mm. think any expectation that Brady was coming back was a, a fan's hope, which mm. is what I had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in in this situation, it's one of those things that Rogers, if anything, uh, is authentically himself and authentically expresses himself. Yeah. And when he said that you know bridges were mended and and the relationships were improved and steps were taken to improve those things tangibly uh you know to his credit he was telling the truth that wasn't a play that wasn't that that was accurate
0: yeah yeah
2: and it and he's putting he's putting it where he's putting his money where his mouth is now in terms of you know there wasn't any sort of underlying messaging with that so
1: well, and Green it, Bay is definitely it, putting their money where their mouth is.
2: <laughs> well,
1: reportedly, I mean, come on, it's according, not gonna—it's not like it's gonna come to out and be like, actually, it's only four years, a hundred million. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Something like
2: that. It's not gonna be far
1: <laughs> off. <laughs> um, exactly.
2: No, I think uh, I think I was maybe expecting a slight. I, I don't know if it was just my off-season. Uh, restlessness mm. hoping for some sort of big splashing move. Like we got with the Wilson trade. Um, yeah. but I, I will say this. I was, I probably, and to maybe to my, to my ignorance, more expecting the Seahawks to resign Wilson than I was the Packers to resign Rogers.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess I should say I, I was, I was, I'll still stick by what I said. I was surprised that he stayed, that Aaron Rodgers stayed. I wasn't shocked, but I, I think I was also just like really wanting him to move on, in the same way mm. that like with Brady, I was wanting him to move on because, like you're saying, like I just wanted like a big splashy move, like I just wanted something to shake up the league. I just, I wanted to see him in in Pittsburgh or. Denver or wherever people were assuming he was going to go. Um, I think for like in terms of like Aaron Rodgers' career, I think it was I think it was the right move for him to stay with Green Bay because I think that that team. I mean, at least it's so hard with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers because it feels like it's always these stellar regular seasons followed up by what do we
2: make of that what is there to just... make of that i mean it's 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 every single year yeah with them yeah and and it's uh, do you, you can't ignore three 13 win seasons you know it's, right. that's back really to back do that's really hard to do back to back MVPs, 13 wins 13 wins 13 wins yeah and then i mean an underwhelming an performance in the playoffs and and how does legacy affect this stuff you know where you have 13 wins and you who am i to say this but you have a 13 win season and then bounce from the playoffs after a, a win in the wild card round or like a buy and then a loss in the divisional like what what's going on here
1: yeah it's...
2: What do we make of that? Maybe that was part of what was informing maybe the restlessness of of some of the pundits and some of the fans and some of us maybe thinking time to shake things up. Maybe that was why the, we, we maybe were expecting a shift is because we mm. see this narrative play, this unsatisfying narrative play over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's definitely possible. I just like... I just get... I'm so confused because... You like he they they play so well in the regular season where it's not like they're kind of just like winning a very tightly contested division, like barely getting you know barely winning their division and then like having some really tough, like gritty, like playoff games that are just like heartbreaking losses. It's just like it's dominant regular seasons and then just like really falling flat in the postseason. And like, I, and it, I don't know enough about uh, football or watch enough to be able to kind of figure out or pinpoint, like, here's the issue or like, here's what might be going on, but it's, it's something you can't ignore anymore.
2: No. And you judge it. Just give them the eye tests in those playoff games where it's, you have, how do you win play How do you win in the playoffs in the NFL with a, a good running game and a solid defense? And the Packers have that. They've had right. it. It's not like previous years where it's it's uh, it's Aaron Rodgers carrying a right. um, horrible defense off of 40 points a game like that's happened before, but it's not been the case, especially these past few 13 in seasons. Yeah. It's, it's kind of baffling. It I don't is. know what the answer is. It's a little surprising yeah. where you have, it's like run the ball, play defense, and I mean, they played defense against the 49ers. They definitely played defense. Sure. And the 49ers are a really had a really good, stout defense as well. So yeah. I, you know, I never am, I never have any problem with a low-scoring, highly cerebral kind of chess matchy game. But that loss and the loss the previous year to the Buccaneers kind of came down to one or two things. Yeah. And if these are the small, it it could be nothing more than just this is the, the margin of error and the parity in the NFL and and mm. you, every, everybody's getting paid on both sides of the ball. It could be as uninteresting as that, or it could be something a little bit more nefarious. Is it a coaching issue? Is it a Rodgers and Clutch moments issue? Is it is it something about like the way that they're pre- preparing or expecting things to go, and then they show up and playoff football is different than everyone's expecting? <laughs> Those are not my place to postulate, but sure. it's most likely, you know, the the more simple one that outlined before. But you know, who knows?
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, we got a question in the chat. What are the expectations for Green Bay now after resigning Aaron Rodgers? The um,
2: expectations for Green Bay are what they are yeah. every single year. Another thirteen win season. Best, best quarterback. <laughs> The best player in the NFL, you need to win a championship. Yeah. Winning another NFC North title and a bounce in the championship game. They're they're becoming the Eagles in the mid two thousands. Like no one even right. remembers that. It's nothing. It's it's nothing. It's air. It's it's the Celtics with their one win in the in
1: two thousand ten or whatever right, it was. It's, right. Two thousand and eight. Yep. Well, yeah. With two thousand eight. And yeah, well, it'll be interesting now because no more Tom Brady to have to get through. You know, don't have to get through the Buccaneers in the NFC anymore. Like, that's not an issue.
2: Yeah, for them. except Jimmy Garoppolo is still playing, so I don't know how they're going to make it.
1: Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, you still have those familiar... I mean, you don't have Russell Wilson to deal with. I mean, he hasn't had to deal with him in a couple of years. Um, but, you know... There was
2: a while where he was making life crazy for the Packers, for sure.
1: Yeah, and... So you still have to deal with the Niners. The Giants, no issue for them anymore, which they had also provided them a lot of uh problems. Um I mean who feasibly is is standing in Green Bay's way in the NFC now? Who is it, ever got,
2: this and this is maybe where I'm standing on it? There's it's who's ever standing in their way? They're always the favorite. Yeah and they, they and they perform they they earn it every year they earn that position yeah they earn that standing as being the team to beat this year especially last year it was who's good in the NFC <laughs> that was right. the whole conversation was who is good in the NFC is there anybody good in the NFC yeah Matt Stafford was doing his best Jameis Winston impersonation for the ha- back half of the season. Yeah. And so even the eventual Super Bowl-winning championship, they kept losing to the Niners and yeah. just barely made it through them to get to the Super Bowl. It, who was good? The Packers. It's always the Packers.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> and I, so
2: I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I just don't know. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, like you said, I think the expectation is – Super Bowl as is pretty much every single year that Aaron Rodgers is your healthy quarterback. Um but I think what I foresee happening another 13 win season and another second round exit from the playoffs. <laughs> because I have like like legitimately other than what was it 2010 when they won mm-hmm. like I have like yet like they have yet to like prove that wrong. You know what I mean? Other... you know at
2: this point yeah no it's it's consistent excellence in the regular season two back-to-back mvps but what are we to say about it mean, again maybe it's just parodying the nfl it's any given sunday maybe that's the answer maybe that's the, the thought but yeah it's it's a, a pattern an observable pattern for sure
1: yeah definitely um all right Let's Ooh, move on. Hunter's
2: not going to be happy with that segment.
1: I know. And, and that's why <laughs> he's definitely going to make sure to get himself on the show so he can defend. He's
2: going to get his word in which, for
1: sure. Which I, I, I welcome because I know that as stout of a fan as he is of the Packers, he will definitely have some more insight to offer us that we may not be privy to. Um, that'll just be sugarcoated with some bias um
2: <laughs> which is what we all need yeah
1: day. yeah um what sports is all about <laughs> okay moving on now to what quickly trumped that story um in the headlines. very quickly russell wilson matter of hours it was yeah i mean was it even oh
2: gosh i feel yeah, like it was like
1: knows. maybe two hours most but anyways Russell Wilson officially traded to the Broncos. The breakup with the Seahawks is finally official. Um, The tension there was stringing. It was strung along for years, it felt like. Um, But they have finally separated. So the details of the trade, the Broncos get Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Seattle brings in um, perennial MVP candidate Drew Locke. Um, <laughs> Noah Fant and Shelby Harris, along with uh, two first round picks, one in 2023, and then the number nine pick in 2022, which I don't understand how they already know what. Oh, because the NFL, it's just by record, right? They still do it that way with the draft.
2: They do, yes. There's no lottery in the NFL.
1: That's right. So the number nine pick. in in the in first round this year and then they got two second round picks another one in 2023 and then the 40th overall pick in this year's draft and then a 2022 fifth round pick so again initial thoughts a lot of stuff yeah what do you what do you think who comes out on top with this one does anyone come out on
2: top I think whoever ends up with Russell Wilson right. comes out on top. <laughs> yeah. hundred
1: percent. I
2: mean, and that and this is that game shaking like league defining trade that we're talking about. Absolutely. Um honestly, man, this reminds me a lot of the Harden trade. I don't know if you had that thought.
1: Which one? <laughs>
2: uh so which one is that the roast? That's like an uh, such an unintended roast. Uh or perhaps it was intended. Yeah. And... Uh, Uh, the, uh, the Philly trade. Okay. Yeah. Um, where, yeah. Give me your thoughts on that.
1: I would say if he went straight from Houston to Philly, it would feel more like that just because going from Brooklyn to Philly, like he's staying not only within conference, but he's staying within division. Um, Mm. and I mean, the whole him being on the Nets, I mean, the whole Big Three in Brooklyn was just a massive disaster from the get go. So it's hard to really say, like. But
2: you know, maybe just in terms of the, of the compensation package.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. I, yeah. Because I think it immediately. Well, I, I will say in, this, in the Harden case, both teams very much so benefited from the trade. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. you can really say Seattle, I'm not going to say they didn't benefit at all because they're obviously getting a lot of picks, but they definitely are getting the shorter end of the stick with this trade.
2: And that's maybe a Testament. Is that a Testament just to the power of the quarterback or is that, or you truly think it's just in terms of compensation that it wasn't, it wasn't an even. they didn't get what they needed from it.
1: No, I think it's just (laughs) in the power of the quarterback because, Like, I think the biggest concern that everyone has now for Seattle is like, yeah, you got all these picks, you got a couple, you know, players back, and you finally kind of moved on from Russell Wilson, which again felt like a move years in the making. Um, but like, what like with what quarterback are you gonna be able to, you know? still be a contender in the NFC because obviously all jokes aside, Drew lock is not your quarterback. I mean, obviously at this point he is, but like, that's not your quarterback to win. He's insurance. Yeah. And like we were just mentioning earlier, you got the number nine pick. Great. But like, there's no franchise altering quarterback. You're going to be able to take with that or use it as leverage to get a higher pick to get that quarterback. And I mean, unless they, make a move for Garoppolo? Like, what do you, what are they doing here?
2: So here's maybe a thought in, in a storyline that comes to mind here. So we're, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about not using the Rams as a model, but let's use the Rams as a model. Okay. Just for the heck of it. Okay. So, and, and, but let's look at it from the perspective of some of these other teams. So we talk a lot about, you know, it, it, what you're saying is the, you know, the power of the quarterback and the, and maybe even the power of the player. um there's some interesting interesting observations about how the rams trade for skill positions and draft for building block positions Mm. so they they trade for defensive ends cornerbacks and quarterbacks and then they draft offensive linemen interior linemen uh wide receivers some of the others Well, running backs scam makers another draft Mm. hit that they had in the second round last year two years ago uh but so so let's talk about kind of the compensation package that they got for Wilson um, and 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 compare that to the compensation packages sent to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey, for example, okay. and to Denver. Now, this is a good example to Denver for Von Miller mm. and to Detroit for said Stafford, that was a haul. Yeah, number of number ones, a yeah. couple number twos, a, an incredible haul, as well as a bridge quarterback. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you have this model now where the Lions were the best worst team last year. You know,
0: right? <laughs> right. It was yeah.
2: painful to watch, but also kind of heartwarming every time you would see their, another loss come yeah. through for them and I think we were all happy when they finally got a win yeah. uh, and so I don't know how this translates because you have whatever the heck is going on in Jacksonville still going on <laughs> but it's all about the power of the quarterback it's about the power of the player but let's the Broncos now might be the example here some of those that draft capital that they just traded to Seattle for Russell Wilson came from the Rams And so, Mm. and so are you a quarterback away from filling out a talented roster, which the Broncos are talented and they had Teddy Bridgewater Mm -hmm. dragging down their points per game average every day, every, every week last year, um, with decent skill players surrounding him and an all right defense in a super tough division. Um, and, and they went on a little run there.
1: I think they, what, one sure like did eight in a because, row or
2: something? Because Teddy Bridgewater is not a horrible quarterback. Right. He's a good quarterback. But. <laughs> not great. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo by any stretch. But, or Russell Wilson. Uh, or Drew Locke. Um, <laughs>
1: <Yeah.
2: but laughs>
1: That's true. He is not Drew Locke.
2: He's not Drew Locke. He's another person. <laughs> um, but, and and so this is a, is maybe a narrative that we can follow through to its conclusion where the lions are going to be better next year. Jared Goff is not the solution for them. <laughs> sure. But, but they, but they are young. They are tenacious. They have a couple of guys who are making splashes. Um, St. Brown, their wide receiver, rookie yeah. wide receiver last year. Yep. He's going to be good. He's yep. going to be good. Um, and, and Jared Goff isn't bad. If you can build around him, he can get you to the super bowl. Right. It literally happened. Yep um and and is this something that makes sense for a team like Seattle, for a team like Jacksonville? Are we about to see it validated again in Denver mm. Mm. Like is this about to be a validation of the process that we're taught that this about this process? Um i I don't know. maybe Russell Wilson's the kind of player that can take it all and make it make the narrative. We were one quarterback away. Right. Right. Um, and who, and it's, it's a bevy of things beyond just being one quarterback away. It's always more than that, but it can boil down to something as simple as that, uh, which is what happened to the Rams. Does that make Denver a contender? I don't know, man, because that, that division, the quarterbacks in that division are Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, patrick mahomes and justin herbert yeah so it's a it's stout in the afc and the afc west are they they're not are they sending all four teams to the playoffs taking all three wild card spots i don't know
1: i would love (laughs) to see that happen personally um i would be curious if if you're able to look up um the the change in denver's super bowl odds before and after this trade um I'm curious. And this
2: might have more of a more of an effect than the Carson Wentz effect.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I think so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a significant uh, upgrade. Here we go.
2: Super Bowl odds just shot up. Like we are definitely anticipating. Yeah. They've shot up to fifth in the Super Bowl odds, just behind the defending champs, Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Um, their current odds are sitting at plus twelve hundred, um, and uh, I will get back to you on uh, what they were before that.
1: Yeah. Um, while you do that, I will. I will say, Wilson going to the Broncos. I think not only. Makes the AFC West the probably, I mean, yeah, the most contentious division in the NFL right now. Um, but it also possibly,
2: I mean, is there any other out there that I can't think of one that's more stacked?
1: Yeah, I can't
2: (sighs) listen. It's the Chiefs who are the Chiefs,
1: yeah, uh,
2: with the quarter billion dollar man, yeah, then you have the Raiders who are a playoff team. And the Chargers, who were almost a playoff team...
1: Well, and they're only going to be having Justin Herbert getting better and better every year.
2: The only reason the Chargers weren't a playoff team is because they lost to the Raiders in the last game of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, and so that's... And so it's pretty tight. (laughs) Yeah, and I I saw something on Twitter the other day where it was like, Derek Carr just might be the worst, best quarterback. (laughs) like, Like in that division of like... Like, like this trade just makes Derek Carr the fourth best quarterback in his division, but he has to be the best fourth back, fourth best quarterback in any division.
2: The like, best fourth best quarterback in any division. Because like when Absolutely. you look at any other
1: division, the like the basically the worst starting quarterback in any other division is going to be significantly worse than Derek Carr, who is
2: not even close to Derek Carr.
1: Yeah. Who is
2: Derek Carr could go to the commanders and they could compete.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um,
2: he could compete in almost any division and he just, yeah, this, this division is suddenly stacked.
1: Yeah. I would love to see all four teams make it into the playoffs. I think that would be, well,
2: with the expanded playoff system now that's possible and right that, is, that would that's the one thing we're missing from history you know that's that's great
1: it'd be entertaining uh
2: absolutely so this this is quite the roller coaster we had in terms of Super Bowl odds for the Broncos okay uh they opened cause you were talking about how a lot of this news broke so quickly right after each other, so Denver opens the day at plus sixteen hundred okay when news broke that Rogers was staying in Green Bay uh denver's went down to plus 2500 okay and then once they announced that they signed wilson they went back up to what they landed at which i would i say was plus 1200, 1200 yeah, yeah plus 1200 quite the roller coaster if you were uh so was glued to your FanDuel app that day you would have it would have you would have seen it moving around a bunch
1: so denver was a potential landing spot for aaron Rodgers.
2: Oh, there was big speculation about that, especially too, because the the new uh, is it the new coach that they hired was um was the quarterbacks coach for the Packers, former quarterbacks for the Packers. Ah. Uh. And so there was speculation that uh, that would be a, a lure for Aaron Rodgers, but interesting. Alas, didn't yeah. work.
1: Huh. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I. I'm curious to, well,
2: and the same reason, the same reasons that it's a good landing spot for Wilson are would apply to Rodgers.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah.
2: A um, solid team with, with good skill position players and a good defense. Yeah. That's may maybe a good quarterback away.
1: I'm excited to see what Denver does um, next season, because I think Russell Wilson's still, I think he's the past few seasons in Seattle, have just uh, from my relatively outside perspective, it just seems like they've just been kind of weird, um, with like, I mean, Wilson's been kind of injured on and off the past, like two or three seasons. Correct.
2: Yeah. And he, he, which is odd for him. He's usually really, really resilient. Right. Um, pretty safe from injury. Um, yeah, it, it's I think the most disheartening thing if you're a Seahawks fan is is after a loss last season when Pete Carroll said he didn't know what was going on.
1: <laughs> like Yeah, that's not confidence I, building.
2: I kind of I kind of get it like we have one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. I we are just not it's, it's not working. working. Yeah. It's not working and and for a guy who's used to success and sustained success and that's kind of been like the Seahawks MO for the, a few years ever since their defense dissolved um, is and split off to, went to a bunch of different places because they were all deserving of big contracts that the Seahawks couldn't pay to all of them. Right. Um, And ever since then, they've kind of just been in this no man's land where they're always competitive because it's Russell Wilson under center, but um, it's just not, it, it just for whatever reason wasn't working. And I think like, it's never good when the coach echoes something that the fans are feeling. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> right.
2: You always want like us, if the, if us as fans and non-players and coaches are saying, I, I don't know, man, I don't know what's going on. You hope that those in the building are hard at work figuring out how to make it right because they do know what's going on. And to hear the head coach say, I'm with, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's that's pretty disheartening. And if there was anything that, that should have tipped us off, that this was happening, that should have been it.
1: Well, and it, I, I wonder, <laughs> that makes me curious if, like, I wonder if they were kind of still trying to, like, live in the glory days of, like, the Legion of Boom era and just, like, you know, all these players on their defense leaving, you know, Marshawn Lynch, obviously leaving slash retiring, um, but Russell Wilson is still there. And there's like a handful of familiar names still there. If it's almost just like that, that kind of thing where you're almost just like in denial and it's like, no, it's like, we still got the Legion of Boom. Like we, we we're, we this is still going to work. Like we still got this, but it was almost just like, well, no, like you're not getting the right pieces together to, to get you there. I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I don't, I haven't watched the Seahawks very much, but I'm just curious if, cause at least for me as an outsider, I always just go into every season still being like, well, you we know that Seattle is going to have one of the best defenses. And like, I think that's just kind of from the their supposed, you know, quote-unquote glory days of when they made those few Super Bowl runs um and obviously had the best defense in the NFL um I don't know. I mean, it's just like you said when the fans don't really know what's going on and why it's not working and your coach doesn't know why it's not working it definitely feels like it was the right move to just like, well, maybe let's just try to get a clean clean start here, clean break and just start over
2: <laughs> it's one of those things where they're they're so um they're so they're not far removed from success yeah and so you have that in terms of like you're you're exemplifying kind of how that exists within like the thought the thought zone for fans but at a certain point that affects philosophy that's mm. you know locker room chemistry that's um that's organizational uh tradition in philosophy. Coming into all coming into play there, and at what point is it just, hey, this isn't how we keep coming in with these high expectations and and these these uh, thoughts about ourselves and what we expect from ourselves in terms of performance, and then it just keeps going under not in a way that we ever want, but I mean it's these they've made the playoffs, and I'm looking now they've made the playoffs every year except for 2017. Like, since they, won the, since they won the Super Bowl, they've mm. made the playoffs every year except for one year. Mm. Um, and they, they come in and they, they lose in the – they've lost the wild card round the past, ever since they made the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. They haven't made it past the wild card round. Oh, wow. And so well, – and I guess they didn't make the playoffs last year. That right. was – because was yeah. so two years in the past since they've won the Super Bowl, they haven't made the playoffs. But they haven't made it past the wild card. And it hmm. kind of has just seemed like that was their only ever that was the that has been their season, their ceiling yeah, since they right. made the playoffs. Yeah, and especially last year, it kind of all came crashing down in a bad way. I mean, also, you know, anytime your franchise quarterback's not on the field, <laughs> you don't expect to pick up the pieces. But like, and he's typically doable, and and so that as a caveat. It, that, that is a standing caveat. It's it. It's probably we're going to see a new narrative develop for Seattle.
1: Do you think? Kind of, my last question here. Do you think we see the Seahawks moving on from Pete Carroll soon? Then.
2: I absolutely think that. Mm. Pete Carroll is one of the oldest coaches in the NFL. if not the oldest coach in the NFL. You'd never know it because of how how just energetic and vivacious yeah. he is and and he's you know just a, a model of sustained success yeah um right that can't get over the hump um but like you know he did get over the hump not so long ago um right but mm. it's it's just that type of thing it's a player's league um i don't know how much how many more trips around p carroll wants to wants to go Um, and I do think we see a coaching change in three or four years.
1: Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Well, I'm excited to see how Denver performs this season. I think they, I can't even say that they are like a favorite to come out of even their division because (laughs) it's such a tough division, let alone their conference. But that being said, it obviously improves their odds vastly. So, they're a team
2: that's that's poison on the brink. Yeah. You have the Chiefs who are always kind of uh, underperforming simply because their expectations are so high.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, which you their know, expectations isn't, are record breaking every season.
2: Isn't their fault, but it is true to a certain extent. Justin Herbert, who has a ton of raw talent, is only going to get better, but it's super streaky. Yeah. Um. And then the Raiders, who just can't be trusted, we might see an emergence here. I mean, I think you, I think you've got a good, you've got a good angle if you think that the Broncos are the team to beat in the AFC West. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Final topic here, the main event of the evening, um, which is so funny because when I was researching for the episode yesterday, this topic was already off of the trending site um, on Twitter. And I had to actually like search for it, um, Mm -hmm. which just shows you how busy the NFL has been this week. But um, in my opinion, still one of the bigger stories in recent memory coming out of the NFL, Uh, Calvin Ridley wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons as of now um, has been suspended indefinitely for the 2022 season and potentially beyond uh for gambling on NFL games. Now, I have some specifics here I want to get get through just to give some context on this. Um so he used FanDuel um to place his bets. So, before, you know, just to cover that base of it wasn't any illegal betting, he wasn't betting with a bookie or anything like that. It was legal in a legal state using a legal app, which is also a partner. Are, are they partnering with the NFL or is it DraftKings? Or DraftKings is the
2: official betting partner of the NFL, but they do have a relationship with FanDuel. As well. Right, right.
1: Um, so did that. Uh, his bets were for a total of $1,500. And they were just a bunch of parlays. It was like a three, five and 18 parlay. Um, And for those who are unfamiliar with betting terms, basically like an 18 parlay is essentially you're betting on uh, the winner of these eight games and they all have to be correct for you to basically win that bet. Um, So essentially especially when you get up into these higher numbers, like five and 18 parlay, well, especially like an 18 parlay. Um, I'm not going to say they're like mega rare to like win them, but it's obviously not going to be as easy as a two or three game parlay Uh or team parlay, excuse me. Um Anyways, he, he did bet on, some Falcons games, which is was his team, but they his bets were always for them to win. Um, the investigation that the NFL conducted concluded that no players, coaches, or staff were involved in this in any way. Essentially, there was no fixing of any games. Um, obviously, I mean, he bet on them to win, not to lose, but regardless, there was no evidence found of anyone tampering with any games or outcomes. Um, And that's kind of, that's kind of like the inside like context that I was able to, to find in my research here. Now I think another important piece of context here is that probably a quarter to like, to like midway through the season last year, Calvin Ridley officially was put on the, uh, what's it called? The non-football... non Yeah, non-football injury list. Yeah. So essentially he uh, decided um, that he was taking a break from the team and from football to work on his mental health. Um, however, even that has come into question now because a larger... I don't want to necessarily call it a conspiracy, but a larger thought on this whole issue is did the NFL know about this midway through the season Mm -hmm. Um, and a kind of, this was a mild punishment of just like for the rest of the season, you know, we're not going to suspend you at this point, but like, you know, you, you know, you can't play. So just say you need a mental health break or something. Was he kind of forced to do that? Who knows uh, I'm that's kinda neither here nor there for me, but the bigger issue is like if the n f l knew pretty much right after it did happen, which would have been i think it they said it was in like November or something um and did they wait until the off season to announce it and to do the suspensions because this was the first see- the first year the first season? with all these partnerships, with these betting apps and you know all these uh, sports books, whatever you want to call them, um, the first year that it's all legalized and they have all these massive sponsorships, they don't want to midway through that first season have to announce that someone's getting suspended for betting on their games. So did they wait to kind of announce the suspension and whatnot? Because you'd have to imagine that... You know it wouldn't take this long for them to find out because the n f l has a relationship with all these apps and 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 sports books and whatnot that they are notified whenever one of their players like uses their app because obviously it's against the rules you can't do it um and they so they're you know legally allowed to be notified if any of their players use it and calvin calvin Ridley obviously just did it on his personal phone through FanDuel. So you can't, I, I, in my head, it doesn't sound logical that it would take what, three and a half months, four months for them to finally see, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, one of your players was using our app. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so all that being said, initial thoughts, but I, I, I want to get into like the actual punishment, um, in a, in a minute and kind of if it was fair or not, but I'm curious more just your thoughts of the story coming out. Do you think the NFL knew? Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, my initial thought was, uh, surprise. Mm. I think I was surprised. I was not, I don't know if anyone ever expects something like this, but, um, because of a, uh, Admittedly, selfish vested interest in Calvin Ridley's mental health due to his positioning on my fantasy football team. (laughs) Uh, I was uh, kind of checking in throughout the season to see if there were any updates on him and his storyline, and uh, there weren't any ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, got messages. You know, were lines from the owner and the coach of, we have no updates on Calvin. Yeah, I have no idea when all of this started you know if, if this was playing a role in some of that that um is just a wrinkle it right maybe it's right. all that i can say about that it's yeah. just, just an unfortunate wrinkle um yeah initial thoughts are a little scattered um you hear it's it's just it's i un- admittedly makes me squirmy when you hear a story of an athlete betting on a a game in which they are an employed participant sure um and uh it's odd that he bet 1500 bucks when he has an 11 million dollar contract <laughs> right um and uh it's definitely a flex by the NFL to say oh we are going to allow betting and we want to encourage betting because it's a huge revenue stream yep and so in order for us to do that and maintain uh what we have going on that. Um, we're gonna have to look like tough guys here. We're gonna have to look like the we're gonna have to come down hard on this, yeah. And Gotta set the precedent. uh, yeah, it, and amidst all of the uh potential ambiguity like moral ambiguity of surrounding gambling, I don't know how deeply I want to get into all right, of that, but right, right, um that it undeniably was within the vested interest of the NFL to make an example of Calvin Ridley. Sure. Um, But some of the details beg the question and uh, you know, any chance to point out um, a perceived hypocrisy in the uh, you know, big old dilapidated battleship that is the NFL is a good uh, is a chance well taken yeah so um that's maybe where i will stand on it if i were to write a thesis <laughs> but uh other than that it's it's a little vague i feel a little all over the place on it what, what do you think
1: yeah yeah it's interesting i i i feel the same way because it's like you know obviously regardless of where you fall like you're kind of saying and on the morality of betting um or even a a you know gambling in general whether it be on sports or not um at the end of the day what he did like he just simply by the rules was not allowed to do right like it's just hey you're not allowed like you know it's common sense you can't bet on whether you think that's right or wrong is a whole other thing. But at the end of the day, right now you are not allowed to bet on, you know, any game within the sport that you play. So I think like you're saying, it's, I think it's a little unfortunate for him just to kind of be the guinea pig of this whole partnership with, with sports betting and making sure that it, that the NFL's integrity stays intact, at least when it comes to their games that are being played and that the outcomes are legitimate. Um, Yeah. You got to make an example to show that you mean business and that you don't want that being messed with. Um, I think, I think I, I fall, I don't know where I am in terms of the majority or minority, but when it comes to betting on games as an athlete, I don't have, I don't think as big of an issue as other people do. I think it makes sense to just say, hey, you know, Calvin Ridley, you play for the Falcons. Like, you, you just, you can't bet on Falcons games at all, like in any regard. But to me, I'm like, okay, he plays for the Falcons, but if the Chargers are playing the Raiders, why, like, I th- like I don't see as big of an issue of him betting on like that game, because I know I know that a lot of people have taken the stance of well he could still have you know quote unquote insider information, some friends who work for the team or whatever. But I just but like, it's like
2: under that situation, like Ian Rappaport shouldn't bet on games. You know what I mean?
1: Right, and that's what like I was going to say Adam is like Schefter shouldn't. Yeah. Right, and the, yeah, that's what I was going to say is like enough people have access to that information and those people where it doesn't make sense to me that like, I just, I I personally, if I was Calvin Ridley, I'd be like, like, well, I guess I shouldn't put myself in his shoes, but like, if I was in the NFL, say I like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the sport that I'm playing. I watch the games just like everyone else does. I follow along. Like a lot of people bet not necessarily to make money, but just because it's fun for them, right? That's the draw of right. gambling for some people. It's just the adrenaline rush, trying to predict something being right. I mean, it's why millions and millions and millions of brackets are filled out every March Madness. Like, I, I think, I mean, I, don't, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I think that the vast majority of March Madness brackets and pools are free and have no prize money. I know I personally have never... played a uh, march madness bracket challenge um that's ever been for any prize money it's always just been for free and it's just you know quote unquote bragging rights whatever um right so many people love creating those and filling them out or even looking at like the espn um what is it called like the the streak for the cash or whatever it is Um, right you know uh, even like fantasy playing, like fantasy football. It's all like related to gambling because you're betting. I mean, you're not like literally placing a bet with a sports book, but like you are gambling on whether or not you know fantasy, whether or not this player is going to stay healthy and perform well. Um, you know, with like, it's
2: like any in that sense, it's like it, you know, quote unquote, insider information is rewarded, right? It's that's is encouraged. I mean, it's cuz they want you to pay attention to the games, they want eyeballs on it. They want investment. And the reason you would do all of that is so that you can make a more informed bet.
1: Exactly. So, all that to say, I personally don't think there's a huge issue. I don't have a huge issue if Calvin Ridley is making bets on eight team parlays, you know, on an NFL Sunday. Again, I don't think he should be betting on Falcons games either way, even if, you know, he was betting on them to win every time. Um, I still think that's just like, that's just like, it forms a gray area of just like, well, like that's just, it's just like a little weird. Um, but even like outside of that, you look at, he gets suspended We know for sure he's suspended for the entire 2022 season. Um, He can file an appeal to be reinstated to the NFL, I think in February, 2023, 2023. Um, but at this point they said indefinite. So it could even span further than that. We'll see. Um, And this is where my biggest issue with this whole thing comes in. So, he places a fifteen hundred total of fifteen hundred dollars of bets on a legal sports betting app. He gets suspended for a minimum of seventeen games. Um, let's look at a look take a look at some other NFL suspensions of note. Yeah. Um, yep. Ray Rice caught on video, uh, literally knocking his girlfriend unconscious. Um, suspended two games. Adrian Peterson. Felony child abuse, uh, suspended six games. Greg Hardy, um, domestic violence with his girlfriend, 10 games, which was then reduced to four. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, multiple allegations of uh, domestic violence, six games. Um, Josh Gordon, smoking weed, a total of, I think, six seasons now. That he's been suspended um, And then obviously Calvin Ridley, 17 games minimum for betting on FanDuel. It, this is like my biggest issue here is that the NFL picks and chooses what they want to take seriously when it comes to issues with players off the field. Um, I don't think anyone has ever had any issues with, I don't even know how it works in the NFL um, where if like a player gets into like a, an altercation or fight with someone on the field, or if there's, you know, some sort of uh, targeting or whatever. um, I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind is like Vontez perfect with like some of his hits and then getting ended up getting suspended for some games. Well,
2: the one that came to mind for me was miles Garrett, uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet out and swinging him at him. and, And after that was all said and done, it was six games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think in those cases, I don't think anyone really has much issue with the suspensions that are handed out for on field actions. Um, granted the miles Garrett thing ended up turning into a larger kind of issue with the instigation from Mason Rudolph and things that may or may not have been said, but, um, either way, the larger issue, especially when it comes to domestic and child violence and abuse, it feels like the NFL just like really doesn't care. Um, and it feels like that's the precedent that they've set of two games, six games, 10 reduced to four, six, for these larger profile domestic violence, child abuse cases, but then when you have someone placing a legal bet, it's seventeen plus games. Someone smoking weed, it's six plus seasons now. At this point, um, it's, it's just- always
2: it's always in perception in pursuit of the of the bottom line. I mean, and and if you have a situation like this where it you have someone who is involved in a domestic abuse case or i mean if even we talk about deshaun watson's ongoing litigation yep you will most likely see the field again because you know where the bottom line stops at the doll like or the dollar stop buck stops at the bottom line and the bottom line is those guys being on the field in this situation unless it involves sports betting (laughs) then the bottom line stops at those guys being off the field because right. actually they're bringing in more money from the sports betting than they are from these guys being involved in the product. Right. Right. And so it's, it's a, you know, I wish I was surprised.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's just so infuriating for me. Um, just the, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it almost feels like you could just say it's tone deaf really. Um, of just like, I understand from a, a a corporate you know business standpoint of what Calvin Ridley did directly puts in puts the legitimacy of the outcomes of games into a gray area. Now, obviously, the investigation already concluded there was no gray area. Like no one right. was fixing games. There's no point shaving. Anything like that. But I. I get from like a business standpoint of like, we have to make sure like that we're showing our players, our fans, our, our betting partners that we take this seriously and our, you know, our games and our outcomes are legitimate. Um, but it's just like the example though, that you're setting then for like your fans and these kids who are playing sports and wanting to make it to the NFL is just like, Hey, Hey, if you want to smoke some weed or place a couple of bets, um, you know, again, $1,500. Like it's not like Calvin Ridley was betting $6 million or anything. Like it was clearly just fun pocket change bets for him. Um, but you want to do that? Like you can more or less kiss your NFL career goodbye. Right. Because Josh Gordon was a top tier receiver, um, until all these marijuana suspensions and bans and all that stuff started happening. Um, he granted does keep getting reinstated and teams do sign him. But I mean, at this point his career hasn't amounted to anything since that kind of first suspension. Whereas Mm -hmm. Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, especially like Ezekiel Elliott, like these guys keep playing. I mean, I guess you can look at the Ray rice thing of he was suspended two games, but just like his career pretty much ended at that point. Um, right. But I think part of that also comes from though, that there was a video floating around that anyone could watch right. of his,
2: well, actions. and that was his, his suspension came in and then he served it came back and then the video came
1: out. Right. Yes. That's, that's right. Yeah. He, yeah. And then it was just like, he didn't really,
2: and that sequence is important, yeah, because the NFL was kind of caught with his pants down being like, Oh, you saw that thing that we also saw. We only had two games, <laughs> but we should have given him more. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. it just I don't wanna get like on a huge ramble here, but it just it's really infuriating for me, just kind of the where the NFL is continually showing where their priorities lie, what they really care about. And again, it's what's it's something that you're saying where it's like I'm not even remotely surprised. Everyone knows the NFL, all they really care about is just making the most money they possibly can and keeping yeah. their product as entertaining and valuable as possible. Um, but it's just so infuriating.
2: Guess, you know, that might be where I come down on this is that it's, it's I'm in a spot where it's like, I, I don't really have a problem with the rule. Um, and, and, you know, again, it's $1,500 that goes both ways sure it's $1,500 it's $1,500 what are you doing yeah like um find another way to get that rush that serotonin rush but like I I so it's not even so much that I would come down defending that side of it but it's just the the fact that if if that tacit admission would lead anyone to think that I am defending the NFL (laughs) let me set the record straight and that's maybe where I fall down on this which is this is not about integrity of the game. This is not about uh, right. you know, the moral high ground. This is a billion dollar company making decisions in its billion dollar interests.
1: Right. to keep them a billion dollar company. Um exactly. Yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I like I know I said at the beginning, but it is worth repeating like him getting suspended for betting on NFL games is 100% the right call. Like mm-hmm. Yes. right decision. Like you can't bet on NFL games again, regardless of where you stand, how much money it was, whatever, that doesn't matter. It's against the rules. You broke the rules. You get suspended, but it's just the, I can't think of the word, but, but just like the disparity of it. Like if you're going to suspend someone a full season for betting on games, then if someone is charged with felony child abuse, they should be suspended a minimum of 2 seasons if not just forever banned from the sport. You know what I mean? Like why right. are we talking about stuff, yeah. Yeah, like why like that's what is makes me so upset about this whole Calvin Ridley thing. Like I think if it was if all these guys that I listed like were immediately basically banned or suspended for at least a full season, I don't think we're really sitting here having this conversation other than just like hey, Calvin really betting on NFL games. That's kind of weird, right? But yeah. I think what caused it to be such a big thing for so many people is just how on opposite ends of the spectrum this is. Um, and Absolutely.
2: And, you know, you, we've observed an increase in the amount of games that players are suspended for for domestic assault ever mm-hmm. since Ray Rice kind of got the ball rolling on that. And sure. uh, hopefully, hopefully we see a, that something comes from this. You know, the NFL was trying to make a statement about gambling and instead they made a statement about like their moral stance on other issues. The
1: yes, league. absolutely. Um, Which
2: can only be good in the long run, hopefully.
1: Right. And that's, yeah, that's what you would hope. That's what you would expect is that this can be used as another kind of uh, turning point to, to, to really step up kind of their enforcement of these, you know, unfortunate, Uh, domestic issues uh, with a lot of these players. Um, Absolutely. Well, I don't want to exhaust that topic. So I I feel, I feel good about that. Um, Is there any other sports topics you wanted to cover on the show before we head out here?
2: No, I feel very satisfied. I love any chance to come on, especially during the off season to think that we would get an entire NFL episode during the NFL off season is more than I could have ever hoped
1: for. I mean, you're, yeah, you're telling me like, I rarely covered the NFL here, but you know, it's, we're getting to that slow point in the NBA season where we're just kind of waiting for the last, waiting for the playoffs. Yeah. Waiting for those playoff pushes and the playoffs to actually happen. Uh, so, you know, NFL decided to give me a good week of news to cover. Um, Perfect. So with that being said, um, make sure everyone follows the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram of sports talk with swag. Um, Make sure to follow the like the Facebook page because every Wednesday, um, right around 5 p.m., we go live there for the episodes. Um, but if you can't make that, then make sure to look us up on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, anywhere you get podcasts. You can listen to us. You should also follow us on Twitter, STWS Cast. That's where we're the most active. Um, Brandon, do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here?
2: everybody should follow my band it's at wine and war paint yeah that's wine like the beautiful alcoholic beverage and as in the article for conjunction and war paint as in the stuff you put on your face in Graveheart. that's right um and you can find us uh anywhere you need to find us and it's great lovely emo music for your emo soul
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Definitely check them out. They have a new single that came out a few weeks ago. Um, It's a wonderful song. Sounds great. Um, And I believe there may be some more stuff on the way in the near future. Um, There is some more stuff on the way. Good tease. There you go. Confirmation. More stuff on the way. Uh, So give them a follow. With that being said, Brandon, I want to thank you again for joining me here tonight. Um, And... We will see you all in the next episode. Peace. Bye now.
0: It's spots Talk with Swerve.